It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Always follow the, follow the follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Here we go. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, along with Polly Howard, live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Loaded to the gills today oh. for three hours. In uh, 45 minutes, Jeff Davis will join the program. He runs all the uh, hockey numbers. He's the uh, leading NHL odds maker here at Circa. We'll see what uh, moved the needle yesterday on deadline day. Michael Lombardi on the program. The NFL doesn't stop. It's just, it, it really is incredible. And for, I think, also Matt Humans and Brian Mahoney on the show today as well. Um, Davis will have something to say about Nirvana too. Okay. Strong on it, yeah, huh? Yeah. For the first time, I, I always like growing up. And then, you know, on this network, that kind of a thing, whatever, eventually as you get older, you're like, why do we not have more trades in the NFL? And I think really for the first time in my life, you could say that the NFL's offseason kind of turned into the NBA. And I'm not commenting whether or not I like that or not, but my God, the movement, the trades, we never get this in the in the offseason in the NFL. Yeah. And it's, it's bedlam. And I, for one season anyway, I kind of enjoy it and I like it. Uh, the latest move, of course, Matt Ryan to the Colts. Uh, that is a done deal now for a third-round pick at Bet Rivers. The Colts now plus 115 to win the AFC South. The Titans are plus 120. I think that's about fair. Those two teams are razor-thin, in my opinion, right now. You know what? I'm, I, I, I think the guy's awful. I might take, I'd rather have Wentz over Ryan, believe it or not. Oh, my I, God. He's, Matt Ryan stinks. No, no chance. Oh, he stinks. Paul, Paul, Paul. No, no, the other hold thing. on, hold on, hold on. You have to remember who he's been with. The Falcons are going to be a three-win team this year. That roster is maybe the worst in the oh, entire NFL. Um, now he goes from that team to an offensive line, Jonathan Taylor, and a head coach? Oh, no, no. no there's, Manny, this Ryan. is a massive upgrade over Carson At Lentz. least Wentz can move, too. I mean, Ryan's a statue back there. The other thing, if you're going to say you're all in, like Ursay did, and this is you're all in for Matt Ryan, oh, my God, this did not work out. Oh, I, t- I totally disagree. But, uh, no. It's a massive upgrade over Carson oh, Wentz. Oh, come on. Car- Carson Wentz is... Uh, massive upgrade? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, you think Matt Ryan stinks, too? Oh, yeah, sure I do. Well, where's how bad is in, Wentz? But in the spot where he was just at. Oh, man. He's going to go to a nice foundation with the Colts. Oh, um, Paul, is he better than Ryan Tannehill in that same division? Matt Ryan? Yes. Oh, God, no. Oh, 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 no way. Oh. Matt Ryan better than Ryan Tannehill? Oh, my God. Oh, come on. Dave Malinsky. Oh. He had the fluke year. He had the fluke year. That was it. Did Tanny Hill ever approach that oh, season? Ever? He's had good numbers. Yeah, he had a bad playoff game. He threw three interceptions. Oh, whoa. He killed whoa, him against whoa. the Bengals. Oh, come on. Matt Ryan's terrible. 
Come on. Come on. Oh, no. No. Come on. Absolutely you... not. He's better than Tanny Hill. And you th- oh, hold on. Where's Carson Wentz then? You think he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league? I think Wentz is absolutely one of the okay. worst starting quarterbacks what, in football. What do you have more Ryan then? I had a Carson Wentz. <laughs> oh, my God. This is, this is not going to go well. This is not going to end well. And I think you put the tweet up. What do you too. think their win total is? Put the, I don't know. Put the, put the win total up. Uh, the win total up. Put the tweet up, too. I mean, this, since Andrew Luck retired. Oh, my God. Look at this. Tolzine, Brissett. Rivers actually played well. No, he did. But, and then you go to Wentz, and now you go to Ryan. Again, with the revolving door. My God. That's week one starting quarterbacks going back. The one in there was the injury in 17. They got housed against the Rams to start the season. God. But Ursay talked a big game. And they could not deliver and get a big-name star quarterback. And the other thing is uh, you brought up an interesting point before the show about maybe Washington or other teams would like to have it back and just wait. Well, so my my example would be this. And I think the Colts' win total is going to be 9.5 or 10. Uh, And I like the move quite a bit, actually, for Matt Ryan. Um, I think if you could talk to Pittsburgh today, yeah. And if you could go back two weeks and ask them, hey, look, do you really want to sign Mitchell Trubisky to a two-year deal? Or if you're patient and you wait it out, and if you maybe offer a third-round pick, you can get Matt Ryan? What do you think they would say? Because to me, Matt Ryan on Pittsburgh would have been, again, a massive upgrade from Big Ben last year. Ben was completely cooked and finished. I'd take Mayfield over Ryan. Why would not do that? What's going to happen with him? Oh, my God. I want to talk about Iron Sheik getting humbled here. I mean, he's running out of options. Okay, so the possible landing spots now, I would actually bring up not only Mayfield, but also Jimmy Garoppolo with this report. Okay, so this this is – okay, Matt Miyoko covers the 49ers. I actually worked with him for a couple of years in the Bay Area. I think this hits it out of the park. He asked the question last night, why haven't the 49ers traded Jimmy uh, Garoppolo? Right. Who wants to make an investment, draft capital plus money, in a quarterback who won't be able to throw the football for at least three months? And then he added, there's no part of me that believes any team has made an offer to San Francisco. And I tend to believe that. Because who's going to be offering as the, what was it, Shanahan or the team came out and said, yeah, we got two second-round picks on, on the table right now. And you're not going to take that for Garoppolo? So Yeah, the timing here, right. Ba- basically, the only two landing spots as of right now in the NFL, are what, Carolina and Seattle? I don't think... I don't think Carolina's going to go after Mayfield because his cap hit is $18.86 million. That's the same thing as Darnold from last year. And I just, I really... Maybe Jesus. Seattle would make some sense, but I think that they're in rebuild mode and I think they're going to go quarterback in the first round. Mm-hmm. How bad is Atlanta? Ridley suspended. Now, uh, Mariota and, and Art, Art, Art knows him. They had success, and he won a playoff game when he was in Tennessee. But this was uh, now Mariota gets his shot. Honestly, if, if they make the win total five, five and a half, what do you do with it? You think it'll be that bad? Oh, they're awful. Yeah, they're absolutely. They're, they're, it's a massive stink bomb in Atlanta. Really, really bad. Well, at least you can have some creativity though with Mariota. Yeah, and he need obviously he needs to stay healthy. Yeah, and you know it came in bits and pieces and small doses with the Raiders, and it worked well. Like, can that work full-time? I'd rather have Teddy Two Gloves if I'm the Colts. I did that. You're out of your mind today. I, that's just, no. Yes, you are. The guy hasn't been good in 10 years. No, g- good? Like what? Because he made the Elite. Super Bowl and they never got yeah. him back or what? I could just put anybody in there, though, and I could win games because of the running game and the defense. I saw that with Wentz. How bad Wentz and, was, and, and I still should have made. I, I missed the playoffs because of Wentz. And, and Matt Ryan is now going to have a good offensive line. He has really good weapons. And he doesn't make third-grade plays like Carson Wentz did. That's why it's going to be steady and stable. And you're not going to get you know backed up into the end zone, throw my ball, throw the ball with the left hand <laughs> up in the air like the a Kyler grenade. Murray, yeah, yeah. And it's taken did, back yeah. for an easy pick six, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. Now you're not going to get that from Matt Ryan. There you go. Oh boy. Look, I and I get, I don't oh. love Matt Ryan, but over Carson Wentz, I would rather have almost anybody than Carson Wentz at this point. And Matt Ryan certainly fits the bill to me. But, you're, I mean, with this, the musical chairs, as Michael Lombardi has called it now for a long time, Yeah. I mean, what really does happen with Garoppolo and Mayfield? Does, does Mayfield have to go somewhere and back somebody up? Does he have to eat it that much? Fascinating league. 
And and apparently the the only guy who loved Taysom Hill was Sean Payton. It's like okay, Payton yeah. retires, and now it's like okay, we're sticking with Winston. Yep. And they're going to bring Winston back. Well, because so that, 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 that experiment ended. That was another one. I mean, yeah. because that the thought yeah. was maybe a while back that Garoppolo could go there. But again, I mean, who, give me some other teams. The Texans. Well, they just they told the Browns we don't want Mayfield in the deal. Yeah. So it looks like they're either going to you know draft another quarterback or be happy with Mills going into the season. So they're out. I would say Seattle, but who the hell knows? Maybe they're going to be comfortable with Drew Locke, and I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, the Lions. Could the Lions be a player? For Baker? Yes. I can't believe this fall from grace. The guy was almost in the AFC title game two years ago. Now he can't play? And he can't be a starter? Oh, he can play. I mean, come on. Yeah, he they, can play. Everyone's overreacting to this. Yeah, I think he's just, just got to change the attitude. In the yeah, I would say this. that he's probably a huge headache, right? Yeah. And the injury. Yeah. We want an adult at quarterback line from Cleveland, but my God. I mean, the, the guy was right there. They were right there with Kansas City in the, in the playoff game. Yeah. I don't know how the Lions would make that work with Jared Goff and that contract. Uh, and it also seems like they could be a team. I mean, I think Malik Willis is now like the favorite to go number two overall in the draft. Well, that's the other thing. Who, what do you want to do with the, if you have a pick in the top uh, 12 in a draft? Right. Do you want Pickett? Do you want Willis? What do you want to do? How early do you want to take a quarterback? Sure. I know. Yeah, wild. And, and, and then how many quarterbacks will yeah. actually go in the first round? How many teams are going to address the future? And I'll tell you, boy, Man, if, if, for teams that could have it back, the Falcons last year taking Kyle Pitts at number four. Oh, good call. It's just it's, a, it's, yeah. it's as, as bad as it gets. It's an abomination. Yep. So so was giving up three number ones for Trey Lance. Yeah, at that's this what, point, for sure. I mean, well, you had a little, little bit more in the deal, but that's what Watson went for. And then an uh-huh. absurd contract, but come on. Think about that for yeah, a second. Think, yeah, think about it. <laughs> I mean, they could have had him. I mean, what, the 49ers gave up for Lance? You get a top five quarterback now. Oh, boy. It, it, I don't know. Oh, God. Multiple guys around that area. Not ready to play. No yeah. way. Not the not ready. Trey's not ready. I no find this, this is absolutely wild, though. God. That's going to come back to haunt them. Because Shanahan loved Mac Jones. And it's like, uh, he gets talked out of it, and they go with this guy. And, yeah. and what they had to give up for him. What were you going to say? No, the Falcons could have had Justin yeah. oh, Fields or Mac Jones last year, number four. Yeah. Could have had him. You knew the guy was going to leave. He didn't have much left, anyways. Yeah, we had to address the position. Let's and but and by the way, they have to eat that contract. That's part of like the the deal from yesterday, right? The so, cap, oh, the cap, it's enormous. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, and now they're going to have to address the quarterback situation anyway. And Matt Ryan told the team like he never even brought up new contract. He just he realized deep down inside it's time for me to move on. Yeah, my time in Atlanta is done. Let me go to a team if possible that uh, you know could win right now. Fascinating stuff in the NFL. I mean, it's, it's news every single day. And then we have like a month until the draft. Uh, the first hour of Follow the Money is brought to you exclusively by Bet Rivers, your hometown sports book. Check out their daily specials at betrivers.com. Uh, coming up next, huge night last night in the association and a wild comeback in college basketball. And we're talking about around 40 or 45 to 1 in the money line at halftime to come back and win. Paul's going to run it all down with all the line moves, bad beats, upsets, and win some, lose some coming up next. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. 
is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from the stack starting lineup like the breakfast baconator, croissant combos, or coffee, and they're bringing the breakfast legends. Oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, breakfast potatoes, and get the OJ and bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru. Pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Okay, so how about some feedback here on Twitter before we get into uh, college basketball games for this weekend? This is from the Palm Readers. I was a blackjack dealer for several years. Oh, Face down on the double down is annoying for the dealer. It oh. takes the dealer out of rhythm. Keep good mojo with the dealer. Don't do face down. I like going face as, down. As a blackjack player, I like it. I don't want to see it. Yep. Because yep. I already know I win if she busts. Yep. They bust. Yep. This yep. is uh, from Logic3227. I live in the Pittsburgh area. I could not believe it when the Steelers signed Trubisky. Local media is saying there will be a quarterback battle between Trubisky and Rudolph. If there's anything remotely close to a battle between those two, they're in big trouble. Concur. And they totally punted on the on the position. Yeah. Sign the cheapest option they possibly could. They that would have that would have been a better land, bat landing spot for Teddy Two Gloves. I, right? I'd be okay with Good that. Good defense. Yeah, yes. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, and again, I like that. I like that land. I mean, to me, Matt Ryan in Pittsburgh would have been. Uh, a very nice addition. And again, if you could go back in time here, hey, you can sign Trubisky or you can maybe dangle a third-round pick to the Falcons and they'll take on his contract. What do you think about that move? Is that possible? Have that conversation. Yeah, the O-line, though, with the Steelers. Yeah, I know, I know. That you can't be, move. Yep. Okay, so uh, this was last week. We had a great guest on the program. His name is Chris Spatola. He's actually the son-in-law of Coach K, and he was at the game on Sunday in the crowd with Coach K's family against Michigan State. But regardless... He was calling games in the Big 12 tournament, and he watched their games all year long. And on this show, I thought he made an astute observation. I did not think the Big 12 was officiated well this year. I I thought they let that league become a bit of a WrestleMania. Uh, I thought it was overly physical. Um, And I think there's something about, you know, the league embracing that as its identity. The problem is, who officiates these game, these Big 12 games in the tournament is a big deal. Mm. It's an absolutely big deal. And did we not see that with the Texas-Purdue game? Yes. Where it turned in at one side, well, it was WrestleMania. And Texas, <laughs> yes, they, they were v- being very aggressive against Purdue. And that's the way Purdue plays. And Purdue has one of the best free throw rates in the entire country. But the referees never let Texas play. They called, called it like every single time. How did Baylor get back into the game? Yeah. They let him. They let him. It turned into a football game. Yes, it did. Yep. They didn't call and, anything. And they got away with murder. Yes. In the final 10 minutes of that game. Right. Now, Texas Tech plays Duke. Okay. Coach, they're not going to get calls? I, I don't know. We'll see. But this is, yeah, how, great for in play and how they will officiate and treat these rest, these remaining Big 12 teams. I totally agree. Yeah. Now, Texas Tech on offense. Their free throw rate is 35.8% of the time. That's number 46 in offense. But looky here, surprise, surprise, uh, Paulie, on defense, Duke allows the second fewest 
based on their field goal percentage rate defense in the entire country. So even though Texas Tech does a good job of getting the free throw line against Duke and the lack of whistles that they get because they don't play that way on defense, Texas Tech probably will not be living at the free throw line that day. On the flip side, Duke does not get to the free throw line that much either, but Tech does a good job. Here's the thing. Tech does a pretty good job. They're number 226 in the country on defense at free throw rate percentage. But if they're, that's again, they maybe got away with a bunch of stuff in the Big 12 during league play. And they might not get away with that against Duke coming up in the Sweet 16. Definitely something yep. to keep your eye on with in play. 100%. Mm-hmm. Kansas Providence. Yep. On offense, Kansas, number 118 in the country. Providence on defense, 80th. So they do a good job of limiting their opponents, getting the free throw line. Meanwhile, Providence is 29th in the country at getting to the free throw line. And Kansas is 117th on defense. Kansas in the tournament outshot Texas Southern 19-9 and Creighton 21-20. Providence outshot South Dakota State 12-9. And uh, Richmond did shoot 21 free throws, only to 14 for Providence. By the way, that shooting performance by Richmond in that game oh. has to be an all-time bad job. Sure, I think they were 8 of 21 from the free throw line. And what they hit? 1, one, one of 22, I think, from, from downtown. Jesus. I mean, that is absolutely pathetic. Yeah. And the other matchup is Iowa State against Miami. So, Iowa State on offense, they don't get to the free throw line very often. They rank 255 in the country. Miami is good at limiting offenses, getting to the free throw line, 45th on defense. And when you flip it, Miami's free throw rate is 29.1%, only good for 217 in the country. But Iowa State ranks 316th on defense. So, they were getting called for a ton of whistles this year, throughout the season. And Miami doesn't play that way on defense. And if Iowa State wants to play that kind of a game, maybe the referees are going to call it close, and, mm-hmm. and the Hurricanes could be at the free throw line all, all game long. Incredible story. Two wins last year. Yeah. Two. And uh, picked near the bottom of the Big 12. And here they are, one win away from the Elite Eight. Um, you know, It's hilarious that the guy didn't do well here at UNLV, and he moves on. He goes to the Sweet 16. Yeah, people tweet, maybe it's us. Oh, you think so? Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. going back, but this is yeah. Um, I, I I do like Arizona though. The more I think about it, yeah, I mean, it doesn't work all the time. But I, you you go back and rack your brain about how many times you get that awesome team a one seed and they're challenged early on and they survive and what happens. I feel really good about Arizona now. Well, but you, it's also I mean, what are you hearing now? Oh, this Houston team. Oh my God, they're unbelievable. Houston and. But Arizona pulled it out. They found a way. So, so if, if everyone thinks they're the best team in the country, or many people thought they were the best team in the country and the team to beat, all right, survive in advance. It's all you got to do. You can get Arizona as low as minus 120 on the money line right now to win that game. Yeah. So if you're going to play Arizona, that would be my recommendation. Do not lay the one and a half right now. I would lay minus 120. On the money line, which you can do right behind us. Right. Now, there uh, there will be a scoring drought for Houston, but Arizona's got to cut that out. Okay? You saw it at the end of the TCU game, and you saw it against Wright State, of all people, with the four-minute drought, and you took a bad beat on the first half over. Can't have these routes. Yep. Arizona has to do a better job and play a full game, but that's easier said than done, and all these teams have been taking five, ten-minute stretches off or at least a half blowing big leads. Yep. Now, that's what I, by the way, in that Miami-Iowa State game, uh-huh. that's the that's the first game that I bet on Sunday right away. I bet Miami on the money line, and I think I was late to the party by a couple of minutes because I believe, again, at one book, the Cyclones opened up a point favorite, and then it flipped right away. So I got Miami money line minus one feet, 15 to minus 120 yesterday. It was still available. Hell, now they're two and a half point. I thought the number was going to be three. I made the number three Miami. And now they're two and a half. So, uh, Again, they're, what, minus 150 here at the money line? I like the Hurricanes mm-hmm. in that game. And going back to the free throw thing, not that I'm, certainly I'm not telling you to go out and bet bet one side or the other based on what we're talking about with these free throws, but it was a really good thought that Spatola had, and it played out in that Texas-Purdue game. Mm-hmm. But also with Iowa State, I told you that they follow a lot on defense. Well, so far in the tournament, uh, the Cyclones outshot 25-16 to 16 and 23-10 to 10 at the free throw line. Goes back to your Wisconsin point. What are you doing jacking threes? What get are you it. doing? Well, you want of 18, get it down low, draw a foul, do it. Come on. It's not your, not your night. Go go Quit to the chucking. line. Yes, take it deep. Yeah, take it to the hole. Quit chucking. Great comments. Good interview. I found Gonzaga, the no on Gonzaga, minus 270. Gonzaga versus the field. That's up. I it, saw Gonzaga in Arizona versus the field. That's good, yeah. Nine to one if they meet. I think was it points bet nine to one. Is that what like it is? That? I don't know. Okay. There's a Gonzaga. What's that price? 
Uh, I have to go back and okay. double check. Kansas yep. to go to the final four minus one eighty, and also at William Hill they have one seeds to go. How many one seeds will make it to the final four? One's plus one fifty, two plus one twenty five, zero is seven to one. How would you bet that prop right now? If the number was still available at one and a half one seeds to make the final four, would you go under? God. And by the way, Gonzaga. I, I, I'd, I'd have to go over because it's like Kansas has got to get there. Oh, their their draw. Have to. Their Come draw on. is just right. One of the reasons why Kansas should get in there, and then Zag the Zags are a nine point favorite now. And then you have a rematch against whoever comes out of the bottom of the bracket. I will explain that later on, how I'm approaching futures in the tournament right now. Because I already have Kansas 14-1 to to win the tournament. I need one more win to go over their win total at 2.5, which was plus 120. And I have 2-1 to to make the final four. You can get creative. Um, And I'm not adding Kansas as a team. And I'll explain that a little bit later on in the show. I'm looking at Gonzaga or Arizona versus the field that's off the board right now. I hope they'll repost it at some point, maybe during our show or later on in the day, so I can actually get the number and see what it is. I don't know if I would... T- I'd probably look at the field there. Boy, what those two wins did for futures uh, with the Arizona win in overtime and the Gonzaga come from behind win. A lot of people had Memphis, I know, to win the region. Yeah. Futures, I mean, the, the, that thing ho- completely opens up. Carolina, 100-1, to 90-1. Sure. Good call. Guy got him 96-1. to one. Yep. Uh, while the game was going on against that, Baylor, that, so. when they had a twenty-five point lead My. again, I saw Carolina get all the way down to twelve to one. Yeah, I have them. Th- I have them thirty-two to one to uh, make the Final Four. I got that when they were beating Duke at Cameron Indoor. Oh, beautiful! Two more wins. Sure, is what I need. Uh, so, I'm, well, the first thirty minutes we'll of the tournament. Uh, excuse me, first uh, game and a half of the tournament. Unbelievable performance. Yep. Never a game against Marquette. Now yep. 25 on a one seed. Jeff Davis, leading hockey odds maker here at Circa. Did anything move the needle for him yesterday? Always follow the, follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. You're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams. Bet Rivers, as you covered, they've launched a series of CityCast designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. CityCast in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, L.A., New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your bot podcasts. It's been too long. We catch up with the great Michael Lombardi. Lombardi line, uh, GM Shuffle. Uh, big fan of his work, and he joins us now. First of all, we haven't talked to you. Congratulations. What does this mean to you and your family? Your son is the O.C., at a young age of the Raiders. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's certainly a great honor, and we're so proud of him. And, and to do it with the Raiders, you know, we he grew up a Raider. I mean, he was living – we moved to uh, Oakland when he was in the fifth grade. And so he went from fifth grade all the way through high school as a Oakland Raider. So, you know, he went from a little kid running around that locker room stealing uh, wristbands and old shoes to now being a coordinator. So he's grown up, and we're really proud of him. I mean, it's a great moment for him, and and it's a great opportunity. And so with Josh McDaniels and and their team there in Las Vegas with Dave Ziegler running it, I think they're gonna they're gonna get this thing turned around. Yeah, that's really cool. Okay, Michael. So we started the show today, uh, getting into kind of a verbal fisticuffs, if you will over the Colts landing Matt Ryan. Uh, I thought it was a good move, giving up a third-round pick, and the Falcons are going to eat that contract now. I called him an upgrade over Carson Wentz, um, and right now they're pretty much you know co-favorites with the Titans to win that division. What did you think of that deal yesterday? I actually thought it was a smart move for him because the two factors here, you know, there's no quarterback in this draft. I think the over under on quarterbacks in the first round is three and a half, which I would find that hard to believe that that three and a half, that three teams, four teams would pick quarterback. There's not four good quarterbacks in this draft, let alone pick them in the first round. So, you know, there's no quarterback that they could pick. I mean, the Colts basically have told you that with this move. And then they get a veteran guy who's been hit way too much. Granted, He's been hit way too much and he could still move a little bit and he could still make plays behind a really good team. I mean, this is a situation where Atlanta was a bad team with a good quarterback. 
and the, and the Colts were a good team with a bad quarterback. And so now they get a good quarterback to go with a good team. And I think it gives them the chance. And, you know, with Houston rebuilding, Jacksonville rebuilding, you know, they've got to play Tennessee better. But I think with the improvements on defense with Gus Bradley, and I think with the offense without having Wentz throw the ball left-handed, I think Matt Ryan will come in and play well for him. What happens to your guy, Baker? You know, I don't know. You know, quarterbacks, I've said this on my show, quarterbacks are like musical chairs, right? Yeah. There's 32 chairs. If, and if you don't get a chair, when the music stops, you're out. So where's Jimmy G go? Everybody says Seattle, but Seattle seems to be, whether it's true or not, or just, or just they're talking themselves into it, they seem to be in love with Drew Locke. How, I don't know, but they are. Let's just say that they are. Okay. But I don't know if they want to invest $18 million into Baker Mayfield. I think the Browns overplayed their hand. I think Baker Mayfield, they're going to have to cut Baker Mayfield. There's no value. Oh. There's no value. Who wants wow. him at this point? Here's the problem. It isn't that nobody wants him as a player. You have to separate the two things, the player and the money. No one wants the $18 million with not a year next on the contract. So you're going to have to redo the deal. So let's just say if he's available as a free agent or the contract's gone, sure, would Seattle sign him for $6 million and $6 million? Maybe they would do that. You know, maybe the Panthers would do that. I don't know. But at $18 million with no next season and the idea that this kid thinks he's going to make somewhere between $35 and $45 million going into the next year, is kind of hard to deal with. So it's more the contract than a lack of respect for the player. Yeah. I mean, I, I, to play your game of musical chairs, I think, I mean, we are down to two teams right now, right? I mean, that would be Carolina and possibly Seattle. You brought up both teams. I don't see either one of them going after Baker Mayfield. And then it comes down to Garoppolo. And I think, I mean, you know, Mayfield's probably going to have to be a, I mean, imagine that number one pick in the draft. Want, he, you know, he eventually wanted 35 to 40, like you just said. <laughs> and he might have to suck it up and be a backup somewhere. He's going to have to be. I mean, you know, and that's the market. I mean, you know, what happened and the problems that Baker had in Cleveland are going to follow him to the next team. He doesn't throw the ball well in a drop back pass game. He gets way too many balls tipped at the line of scrimmage. I mean, he averages over six balls tipped almost every single game. And you could say, well, they're just tipped. No, the defense got their hands on him. And when the defense gets their hands on the ball, that's a problem, right? And so, you know, like the, the Browns, as much as they wanted it to work with Mayfield, and they could say, well, it was personalities. It was really the fact that they're up twenty, that they're behind twenty-two seventeen in a divisional playoff game against Kansas City two years ago with the ball with six minutes to go, and they've got to throw dropback passes, and he can't make a throw. And they can't get the ball outside to the receivers. They have to watch Beckham go out to Los Angeles and play way better than he played in Cleveland. I mean, this is, these are the issues with a quarterback who can't see. It's the same problem with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray can't see either, you know, and, and when he gets stuck in yeah. the pocket and he's forced to play from behind center, it becomes an issue. You worked for Haslam. You, you were a former NFL executive. I mean, how shocked were you with what they did with the Watson deal in a, in a $74 million raise in light of what's going on in his personal life? I think not only was I shocked, this is an NBA deal. I asked yeah. yesterday in the league if this deal, typically all these guaranteed contracts are not buttoned up. They're not NBA deals. They're not fully guaranteed for skill and injury. I was told yesterday by a prominent agent that this deal is buttoned up, that what happens is when you, agree, when you guarantee a contract fully over future years, the rules of the NFL and this goes back to 1960, the rules of the NFL, after a million dollars starting in March of the following year, whatever's guaranteed in that point, you have to fund to the league office. Well, no team wants to do that. It affects your cash flow. It affects your ability. So it ha if it's guaranteed for skill and injury, you've got to fund it. If it's only guaranteed for skill or injury, you don't have to fund it. This one, they have to fund, which is going to make every other owner in the league upset because their star quarterback's going to come in and say, well, wait a minute. Don't tell me you can't fund this. Don't tell me I can't have skill and injury. They just gave a guy who's got 22 civil complaints going against them a fully guaranteed contract. I, I, think, uh, I think Haslam's going to have a hard time when he goes to his next league meeting because the other mm -hmm. owners are going to be upset with him. I think that's very mm -hmm. well said. Predict how long the suspension's going to be for Watson. You know, this is a hard one. I mean, people, people tell me different things, and, and I don't think you can get 22 people ever to agree on anything. So we have to really understand that in spite of the grand jury not, not filing charges, 
There's some serious issues that remanate here. And it depends on what the commissioner, I mean, you don't know what he wants to do. I mean, he suspends Tom Brady for four games for, for overblown footballs. And then, you know, sometimes he goes one game. I mean, you know, Tyreek Hill never got suspended. So I, I can't predict when it comes to these matters, but I would, uh, my instincts tell me at least six games, but look, the Browns are playing the long game. If it's 10 games, the Browns, but here's what I would say about suspension. Mm. They start at the beginning of the year. So let's say it's four games. Well, that's the month of September. You can always rally back after a bad month of September. The problem is when you lose your quarterback in December and January, that you can't rally back from. Okay. Interesting. Yep. Very good. Uh, I, I, I guess I'm shocked by it, but you're not surprised. Can you believe this Urban Meyer piece and the stuff that no. the, the stuff that was in? I mean, they didn't know who Aaron Donald was. Uh, he didn't know anything. I mean, you know, he's a. I mean, there, there's we have betters that listen to our network that know way more about football than he does. I mean, come on, it's seriously. I mean, look, what, he told you everything he needed to know, and I went berserk on the air with it. He, when he signed Tim Tebow, he told me everything I needed to know about how he didn't understand the NFL. It made no sense. It made no sense. And look, Urban is a guy that is all related to stars. He wants to, you know, five star. That's why he picked Haskin over Burrow. He doesn't get enough grief for, for, for Burrow transferring to LSU and him picking Haskins. He doesn't even get enough grief for that. I mean, the guy isn't a football guy. He's a recruiter. There's difference. And in college, yep. you can get away with that. In pro football, you can't. Well said. Uh, you've been around the league for a long time. And involved with the league, and all. Have you ever, or you talked to any of your buddies? You ever watch a game because of an announcer? I make mean, eighteen million no. a year, Aikman, Al Michael. It's, it's a wild, wild west with these announcers. It's unbelievable. If you're a coach in the league and you're sitting there saying, "Wait a minute, if they can afford to pay these guys eighteen million. I mean, I don't learn one thing. I mean, at some point, you want to teach. Now, here's what I would say, and I'm right working on this book, uh, my next book about the NFL, and one of the chapters is about television. And and people watched Howard Cosell. There's no doubt. Monday yeah. Night Football became an event. Yes. I mean, it became such a big event that the bowling leagues, and I know you guys are too young to remember, but there was a time in America where Monday Night Bowling leagues were the hit of the uh, the world, right? People were bowling every Monday night. There were lanes that cities had three or four lanes, leagues all over. Monday night football created the dry up of those bowling leagues. People wanted to stay home. They wanted to watch Cosell. They wanted to look at the halftime highlights and they wanted to look at the commercials too. It was a trifecta of events. Cosell drove that, drove those ratings. He became bigger than that life. But other than that, other than Cosell, our Brett Musburger, and the great John Madden, they're the only three people that drove the NFL to where people wanted to watch. Very good spot today. Catch the well Lombardi line coming up at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, right here on VEASAN. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Yep. Thank yep. you, sir. I would also add Michaels to that list that he just threw out there. Because Michaels is one of the best play-by-play guys of all time. Well, he is, and it was certainly a great resume in many, yep. many sports. But I don't know if I... Oh, oh the meaningless game. No, I have to that's why McVay should have actually considered that, that offer. yeah. yeah. How about the you don't have to coach anymore. Sure. How about the Meyer piece? Oh, it doesn't surprise me. My God. Nothing, any negative story that's written on him, I automatically b- believe it. He threatened to cut players for preseason mistakes, saying you couldn't get a job paying more than 15 an hour. He belittled John Brown. Well, that story about it, you can't, uh, I mean, he, he flat out said transcripts, you, you, can't, yeah. you can't trust the uh, transcripts from players from the South. Yes. Ridiculous. Uh, he should be blackballed from the league for a comment like that. Yep. You think, who's 99? Will he be a problem for us? Then I, Debo Samuel. I actually I mean, thought it's... that comment was a joke. <laughs> that he was having fun with oh it. Oh, my God. At first. The, the Tebow stuff, too. I mean, he's not even on the team. Let him come in. Let him come in and use the workout facility and all this. What the hell's going on? Yeah. Yeah, the, the good guys, point. Believe it. That, where was it? Uh, it was the most toxic environment I've ever been a part of. I said football operations. Good point from Lombardi. The second he signed Tebow, yeah. uh, signals and alarms should have been going off the whole time. Up next, we'll recap a little NBA, touch on tonight's card. They became the fifth team to accomplish this since the 82-83 76ers. All four previous teams won the title. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. Love Wendy's and the breakfast, and it's official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from their stack starting lineup, the breakfast baconator, the coffee, the croissant combos, the oven-baked sizzling bacon, the cracked eggs, breakfast potatoes, OJ. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru. 
Pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Okay, so you you showed a picture earlier today of a blackjack hand where a guy was splitting, and I promise I'll, we'll get to the NBA and I'll pay off the tees here in a minute. Uh, but he had eight three eight three six yeah. four were the were the hands out there, and yeah. you said that you like your the cards down. When I double down, I want it down. So do like I. like the picture. Yeah, that's I don't, I don't want to see it. Right. Yep. Um, but this also the game is here at the D circa and Golden Gate. You get coins if you play that. Uh, free, it's called free bet, I believe. But you get coins. For the side bets, and that could get up, you know, 10, 20, 40 to 1 odds. So he'd get a, you get a coin if you get a, if it's a free double down, 9, 10, 11, or if you get a, a pair, get free split as well. Okay. So that's just, I mean, look at that. He's got, he's got four, he's got uh, three 11s and a 10. Yeah. Okay. So the palm reader's checking in. Told us earlier, blackjack dealer, he doesn't like that move as a dealer. It ruins their mojo. So he's going back and forth with, uh, Followers today and guys are like, I don't care about your mojo. I want to. I want to. It's about me playing, and I want to enjoy the experience. Uh-huh. So he said, "Okay." Uh, he's telling us a good guess would be a former dealer willing to spill the beans on top annoyances. Sure. Uh, number one, this is from a guy who used to deal blackjack, and I can imagine this. Oh boy, dude that walks up with a hundred, well, a cool, crisp hundred dollar bill and says, "Quote, I'll tip if I win," and he acts like he's a big shot. That's got to be fun to deal with, huh? Mm. Uh, number two, standing on A6, even after being told probably several times, standing makes no sense. Oh, God. Oh, God, yeah. Sir, ma'am, whatever, uh, A6. Ace. No, you want to hit that every single time. Sure. No, I'm good with my soft 17. They don't know it's a soft 17. Uh, dude, number three, dude that complains after seeing his first two cards every single hand. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I can picture that guy, right? No matter what the cards are. Ah, Christ, can you believe this? <laughs> Right? Uh, and then number four, he actually says face down in a double down. Doesn't like it. Ah, come on. Boy. Good, good info. Good, uh, good tweets, though, as well. It's tough. I mean, tip these people. But they, I know, you know, it's hard. You got you to deal with people and the smoke and everything with uh, what they have to endure with a shift. But, uh, and they also were put in a bad spot where it was them. And not security. They had to enforce like the mask stuff too. Yeah. When people were sitting at the table, and then you come down, yep. and get a drink, and that that was tough as well. Um, so you think it's over regardless, but it's really over if Milwaukee wins tonight. They're up two on the Bulls. Freak's going to play. Middleton looks like he's out. If they win, it's essentially a four-game lead because they have the tiebreaker, and they're two and zero against the Bulls. And the Bulls uh, last check, I believe, two and sixteen on the season against teams with a better record. Uh, entering the game. Well, Paul, believe it or the, not. You get the bad news on ball, too. Yeah, so that's, that's, just, uh, that's yeah, not good. Yeah. Uh, Billy Donovan actually told reporters, like, uh, it's, it hasn't been good when he's trying to, like, you know, go out there and give it a run. It hasn't been good. So they're going to be yep. slow with his return. So we only have, like, 10, 11, 12 games left of the entire regular season. Well, some teams only 9 or 10. A little, yeah. little bit less than that. Yeah, April 9th, whatever that, whatever that Sunday is. Of the Masters. Yeah, April 9th or 10th, the final day of the regular season. So That's, this is uh, right. And you can see, you can find the Bulls 10-1 to 1 to win the division. Now, they're also on a back-to-back, too, coming off the big win against Toronto because the Bulls don't want to be in that playing round. But they sat freak Saturday in the loss against Minnesota. So I think they'll be ready to go at home and move to 3-0 and against the Bulls and essentially wrap up the and division And take care tonight. of business tonight. So this will pretty much wrap up the division. Okay, so they're not in action tonight. But again, to pay off the t- uh, tease here, ESPN Stats and Info had this. The Phoenix Suns will be the fifth team, think about this for a second, to spend more than 20 days as the only team with 50 wins in a season and the first since the 1982-83 76ers. The previous four teams to do so went on to win the title that season. So they've had 50 wins for so long, it's coming up on three weeks now, and nobody else, nobody's joined them in that club yet. And it's four for four in history of winning titles. Killing people. Oh, they're the best team in the NBA. Story. Yeah. Now 175, 175 favorites to win the Atlantic now. How about that? Oh, no, no. The Suns I'm talking about. Oh, so excuse me. Yeah. Suns, yeah. Suns. Okay, look, oh, okay. okay. I, I, I was looking at the top with the Celtics tweet. Oh, okay. Though, yeah, right? we, we, we're going to get to this one as well. Yeah. We're going to do this one on top of that. I would take, give me, you know what? This might, give me Suns Celtics for the NBA sure, title right sure. now. Well, I keep saying it's wide open. I can't wait for the playoffs. I could be wrong. Maybe the Suns just rip, go right through it. How about the Anthony Davis comment? Well, they they knew they got away with one last year in the playoffs. That I got hurt. We would. <laughs> all right, you might play them. I would not want to make that good. comment. Yeah. Let's put that up though, if we can. Was that? Do you guys show that already? Or was that in the preview? We can put that up here again on Micah Adams with the Celtics. To your point. Yeah. 
uh, and how well that they played their uh, their winning margin in games like 51 through 72. It's like the second best margin of victory ever. And every nice. other team on this list is also won the title. And up 24 last night in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Then they went to sleep. And I'm telling you, uh, Tatum had 36 last night. You might have something there. If I they bet, get the one seed? I bet him again I mean, at 200 to one yesterday. <sighs> this could be our Salvador Perez in the NBA. Celtics have won nine of 10. They lost on a three with like, what, two seconds left at home against Dallas. They beat Golden State on the road 110 to 88. They beat SAC 126 to 97. They went to Denver and won by 20. Uh, the, the win last night, again, they were up 24. They beat Detroit by 11. They beat Charlotte by 14. That's the other thing about the, the um, uh, Sixers want no part of the Nets. The Celtics say, come on, bring it. And our buddy Chad Anderson, Denver, says Boston will take care of the Nets. He agrees with me, by the way, on yeah. Tatum. He found him 500 to 1. Yeah, okay. He goes, they're, well, it's they're like, should... they got to get the one, but I mean, certainly they, they can because the. The, the, the Sixers don't want it, and they're only two back of the heat. And Ch- Chad follows the league very closely. He's also been betting for like 20-plus years, whatever. He thinks that Tatum, there should be a push for Tatum to win the MVP. He caught the program yesterday. He goes, I, I've been thinking it myself. By the way, so well, that's, that's the list they're on right now. We're talking okay. about three of MJ's teams with the Bulls, the 07 Spurs, uh, the 1960s with the Celtics, and then Lou Cinder's team with the Bucks. That's yeah. the list. Great tweet from Adams. Does the slow start hurt him at all, though? Where they were, I think they started 18 to 21, and then they have that great record no. since Smart came back. No, here's what hurts him more than anything is that it's, it's a narrative award, and there's been so much steam on Embiid and, and Jokic for, what, three months now that I think actually getting into that conversation with them and breaking that seal to enter the conversation is just so difficult to do at this point, which it shouldn't be. Yep. I'd lean Hawks tonight. Check the status of Bogdanovich, though. If they, if Bogdanovich plays, I like Atlanta. They got to get busy living or get busy dying. They have to get going here. I mean, this is, uh, you know, we're, we're, well, we were a little bored. Asinine comments. But uh, now the 10th seed, they're going to make the, the get in the play-in round. But 10 games under 500 on the road, 0-3 this year against the Knicks. They're on national television. Let's go, Atlanta. Come on. You went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Pick it up a little bit. Uh-huh. Got to win this game. But I need Bogdanovich to play as well. Now it's down to one and a half. I would I agree got. with that. Yes. And yep. yeah, and, and Denver now lost three in a row at home too. And Because all those teams are stacked up there in the West. Uh, there's 500 to one in Illinois, by the way. Uh, in Illinois, Bet Rivers on, uh, on Tatum. Okay. But uh, the other game too, because you, you're, you're so stacked up in the West about you don't want to be in a playing around that all these teams are bunched up with Utah, Dallas, Denver, and Minnesota. Big win last night for the Mavs. And uh, Denver in action in their 42-30. and 30. Minnesota comes back into the seventh seed now with the loss last night. That would, have been, that would have been a huge win for the T-Wolves yeah, last night. Been, yeah, they were on fire. Just to still remain ahead yeah. of the Nuggets in the standings? Half. Bad second quarter. Yeah. Uh, right. And Utah with the loss 45-27. and 27. You know, I also bet the Bulls twice yesterday at uh, plus 310. These are smaller bets. But plus 310 to get in that play-in tournament. I bet the Cavaliers as well. They were plus 210 to get in the play-in tournament. Uh, and right now, Chicago's the five. Cleveland's a six. Chicago has a two-and-a-half game lead over Toronto. Cleveland only a one-game lead over Toronto. But again, this bull schedule, and with the news of ball yesterday, I know they got Williams back. Well, here comes a road trip now for Chicago. It's, it's a long it's roadie. Tonight at Milwaukee, Thursday at New Orleans, Saturday at Cleveland, Monday at New York, Tuesday at Washington. And then, I'm telling you, April... They get Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, Charlotte, and at Minnesota. Yeah, but you don't know what those teams are going to do, though. On paper, it's difficult. But I'm, there's going to yeah. be so all the shenanigans in the final week of the season. Do we want to? We want to play this team. We want to avoid that team. I mean, look well, at, and and there actually might be could be like money line parlays that would make some sense at that point. But the information you're going to have to be ahead of the information on something like that every single day and pay attention on social media and Twitter. Because when we do our show, we're going to have no information for the NBA in the mm-hmm. final week. We won't know who's playing, who's not playing uh, at 6 o'clock in the morning. There's no way. That news will come out throughout the day and then in the morning. But you're right. That's a good word. The shenanigans down the stretch in the NBA. Complete shenanigans. Yep. That's it'll be. And it'll be coming from up above top guys, especially Maury. They don't want to see Durant. 
Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Matt Humans on the show. Coming up next, uh, we'll ask him about the short numbers. While Arizona now point and a half to win cover against Houston. Also, Texas Tech opening the favorite against Duke and what he likes in the Sweet 16. That's coming up here on VSIN. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. If you're going to win big, then you need to bring the juice. Juice Reel, take your winnings to a whole new level. It's the new app that allows you to sync your bets for almost any book or website. Just download the app from the App Store and your bet history is imported in seconds. Get analytics on your performance, how you've done on straight bets, and also data you can help to make the best bet. Analyze what your bet is worth in real time. Download Juice Reel from the App Store. It's free. Juice Reel. Let their technology help you win. Time for Brian Mahoney. Covers the NBA for the Associated Press at Brian C. Mahoney on Twitter. He joins us now and also covers the Nets. This was supposed to be a dynasty in the big three with the Nets, and now you're walking in with the Harden trade, and what's going to happen with Kyrie? I certainly think you envision this scenario this season with the Nets. No. I mean, usually by now you sort of know what a team is, whether they're going to be a 
first round team, possible finals team, uh, not playoffs at all team. And the Nets could be any one of the three. Uh, they still, you know, I, I look great when Durant is on fire, like a night like last night, but also they look really, really beatable on other nights when they're playing without all these guys who are supposed to be there. So uh, we don't still know what to make of the Nets right now. And, uh, you know, considering what they were supposed to be, it doesn't look like they're going to get to, you know, where that was. Well, what, what do you think happens here with the mandate? Uh, the season ends April 10th, and then they're going to be in the play-in round. I mean, is he going to be available for home playoff games? You know, the, the Nets are hoping. And I think, you know, it's at the point now where I think everyone's hoping, okay, well, they'll, they'll have to do something by the time the baseball season starts. And maybe by then that will help the, you know, the Nets will get the mandate moved by then, and then he'll be available for possible a first round if they get in, but you know, at the at the point right now, the way the standings are, they'd have to go to Toronto where Kyrie Irving can't play, right? And then possibly play at home where he can't play. So, you know, right now the standings for the Nets are you know as bad as the worst case scenario is being eight, and that's exactly where they are. Is there any chance someone can get through to him and say, hey, maybe take one for the team? He just had a great performance in sixty points. As it stands now, he only can play in three more games in the season. No, I mean, you would have thought by now, I mean, <laughs> you know, I would think you talk to your friends, hey, listen, uh, let, let's do this. Look how good this can be. Uh, you know, Kevin Durant has said many times this year, uh, you know, we're, we're not, this is his life. We're not going to make him do what he doesn't want to do. And, uh, you know, Durant basically said yesterday, it's almost April by now. If he hasn't done it by now, mm-hmm. he's not going to do it. So uh-huh. uh, the idea of Kyrie finally changing his mind seems like that is kind of passed. It's all up to whatever kind of New York City says at this point. Okay, well, based on that, then, do you think it's actually more difficult to kind of predict what's going to happen with Ben Simmons down the stretch than Kyrie? I mean, it sounds, you know, further along than he's, uh, you know, we thought when he first got here, okay, he'll be ready by mid-March, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I had put an over-under, I think, of 12 games, and now they're down to 10 left, and he's not even practicing yet. So, yeah. uh, you know, and now we know it's his problem is not a back spasm, it's a herniated disc. Uh you know, watching him last night, he's grabbing some rebounds for the guys at halftime and throwing the ball back just with one hand kind of gingerly. He doesn't look like he's going to play anytime soon. So uh, the Nets still say they're going to get him back at some point, but if they do, it's not going to be for very long, and you have to wonder how good he'll really be, you know, not playing basketball all season. I, earlier, I used the word shenanigans. Do you anticipate that in the last week of the season with teams trying to avoid the Nets to meet, get the one or the two seed. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, it's uh, and people kind of joked about that last year, if I recall, with uh, you know not wanting to play the Lakers when the Lakers were coming out of play. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think you know as good as some of these teams are atop the East. You know, if the Nets are in that situation where they would end up seven, yeah, I don't think you want to be a two seed. You'd rather be a three and avoid that probably. So it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to predict exactly where they're going to end up right now. They certainly could still fall back one more spot or go up one more spot. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone wants to, you know, as bad as everything has been in Brooklyn this year, it's still Kevin Durant. And I don't think guys want to face that if they can help it. Yeah. Well, it feels right now like the Celtics don't care, though, right? Yeah. Like the way that they're playing and they have, uh, you know, buried. I know it's not a fully loaded Nets team that they buried a couple of times, but the way that they're going right now and the way Tatum's playing, they're like, okay, maybe we're going to win this division, get the one seed, and then we'll, you know, see what happens from there. Yeah. I don't think the Celtics have any fear of that for sure. They, you know, they beat them, you know, twice in Brooklyn pretty badly, as you say, with a depleted team, but then they beat them. That was a great win. They beat them in Boston with Kyrie. Again, the Nets really wanted to win uh, him going back there, of course. So, uh, you know, and Tatum killed him that day. Tatum has been unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, I don't think Boston has any fear, and I don't think they should. Even at full strength, I think Boston matches up with the Nets great with the talent they have and how good their defense is. Do you think Tatum can make a late push to scoop the MVP? I know it's been, you know, this. it's like guys that are, it's a narrative award, and it's been all about Embiid and Jokic here lately. But if the Celtics could pull, pull off the pull off the one seed, win the Atlantic Division, and Tatum keeps going like this, where he's been basically this guy since January first, is there any chance he could get in the conversation? You know, it's a good question. Uh, you know, it's you know, I kind of agree with what you said. There would be a narrative, and it's kind of people have decided on either Embiid or Jokic already. But you know, Tatum should certainly have found his way up to first team All NBA probably by now, and. 
can he get on, you know, a higher, get an MVP conversation? I'm not quite sure, but when you look at how good he's been and how good that team has been, uh, you know, that dominant team for a couple months now and him being a dominant player, uh, he certainly should, you know, if you just looked at it now, he certainly has a case for sure. Does Barnes have a case for rookie of the year? Can he do this? Yeah, I'm interested in that race, how it turns out. Uh, you know, it's it's probably three guys, you know, Barnes, Mobley, and Cunningham, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly which is the one. I mean, every time I've seen Barnes, I've been impressed. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of sort of, are people going to say, you know, team's record isn't good enough or, or exactly what, but, uh, you know, I'm I'm really fine with any of the three winning. I don't think any one of those guys has clinched it. Uh, I think mm. they all have a great case. Do you, all your colleagues feel the same way? I mean, Barnes is getting a ton of press here the last week or so. I, yeah, I haven't seen anyone say definitively you know, someone's won. I mean, I had a couple guys say it's definitely got to be Mobley, and I could get that. But, uh, you know, the numbers Barnes is putting up are pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's a team that's going to make the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I think he's been terrific. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, is, is is good enough to win. I'm not quite sure, but certainly good enough for me to have a very strong case. Sure. Well, and, and Brian, so you do have a vote for all this stuff, and you have for many years, and I, I love the way that you approach it, and you've told this before on this network that, first of all, like you let the entire season play out. You're, you're not going to really overreact to anything. And then, like, for you know, for MVP, that kind of deal, you you did this during the uh, the James Harden-Russell Westbrook year, that you you looked at like expectations and and regular season win totals and teams that you know go above and beyond what they hit and you're like you know maybe we should take something like that into consideration as well. Yeah, I, I do think that I do think that's the case, and uh, uh, you know, and certainly uh, you know I think that plays into it now with with Jokic too, and you know everyone says okay, well look how bad Denver would be without him, and I, I get that, but now they've fallen to seventh, you know, and it's sort of you know can you give a guy an MVP whose team is that low? I'm I'm not really sure, but. But yes, I do think you need to play out the season uh, and you do need to look at what you thought a team was supposed to be versus what they are. And, uh, you know, certainly when you look at a team like, uh, you know, Memphis, that would give certain case. They weren't supposed to be quite this good. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so I factor all that stuff into it. And I think you're, you know, I think you really should. I think, it, you know, what a team was supposed to be versus what they are matters to me. Okay. So having said that, can you like give us a hint to which way you're leaning as of right now? On uh, which one? On the MVP? On the MVP? If I had to pick right now, I think I would go Embiid. Mm. Uh, but again, if Philadelphia falls to like four or five, which is not out of the question, then I'm not really sure. Uh, you know, I, I certainly haven't ruled out, you know, either the two big guys or even Giannis at this point. Uh, so, you know, I think it's still a three. The only thing to me I think I've really decided on is. Tyler Hero with the six man. I think that's the only one yeah. to me that's a, a race that's a romp. Everything else I think sure. is, is still out there. Well, I think I definitely think the four and five seed in play for Philly because Maury's going to sit these guys, and that's also that's going to impact the MVP because Embiid will miss games as a result. They don't want to uh, face Durant as well. Now, how about Defensive Player of the Year? I mean, how many games are you allowed to miss, or can you miss? I mean, Bam's the favorite. He's missed twenty five games. Yeah, I think it's a good question, Paul. We were talking about that the other day. Uh, you know, I remember I voted for Embiid for Rookie of the Year, uh, you know, which he didn't win. But to me, he was the best rookie by far. And everyone said he just didn't play enough games. I don't like to just necessarily not vote for a guy because he didn't play enough games. If he was that good, to me, he should win. But Defensive Player of the Year, I don't think it's a you know a race that's anywhere not you know Bam's great. You know, Draymond was great. Jaron Jackson is great. You know, Bridges and Phoenix is great. To me, there's a lot of guys. So, I, you know, I think games missed then does play into it a little bit when you're trying to narrow it down from four or five guys to one. Sure. Uh, I don't know what the number. I don't know what the number is. You have to play. I think some guys probably have a number in mind. I'm not sure. I mean, Adebayo to me has been so good. I can't just say you know he didn't play enough games if his team wins okay. the East and he was out there by himself sometimes uh, in December when so many guys were hurt. You know, I think certainly he sh- he deserves to be the favorite. Let's see if he wins or not. All right, Brian, you made a great comment there. That was music to my ears because I have a big future ticket on Jaron Jackson. You said he's been great. We have like 45 seconds here. Do you actually think Jaron Jackson can win this award? 
I do. Yeah, I think Memphis is going to get a lot of uh, love at the end of the season. Uh, you know, John Moran is really, really pushing for him every time. You know, he he says, "Look how good Jaron Jackson is." Sure, uh, people sure. notice that. So yeah, I think he has a great chance. All right, if that comes in, we'll go to John's uh, three times. <laughs> we will I'm fly up to buy you John's. We'll slice pizza to buy the vote for me. We'll see. <laughs> Got that. <laughs> <laughs> got that. Get to come in. Uh, you're the best. Thanks, uh, for, thanks, my friend. Take care, guys. There you go. Yeah, He's good. awesome. He is awesome. He okay. was, yeah. That's what he said on a, on this very network four or five years ago. He goes, I'm taking, he tweeted too. I'm taking Harden to win the MVP because look at the Vegas win totals. Yeah. No one thought they'd do anything. Flat out told us that. That was good. Good for him. He, okay, that made my whole day. I am jacked up right shot. now. Sure, he's got a Jaron shot. Jackson can win the Defensive Player of the Year award. Uh-huh. Woo! Sure, come on. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Can't miss, can't miss 25 games. I'm going gambling can't. right after the show. Can't. I'm spending the money already. Uh, we'll recap last night's betting action with win some, lose some coming up next. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.